Hello and welcome to episode 466 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. And as always, you can find my co-host here, League Freak, on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm going all right. I've just mixed just, it up. Uh, I've just mixed it up a bit. Yeah. I was you know. sorry. I was just eating a um a picnic. Sorry. Picnic, okay. Yeah. I was um I went for a walk today. Yeah. As you know, Melbourne is notorious for um its alleyways. Well, it's uh if there's two things I know about Melbourne. Mm-hmm. It's alleyways mm-hmm. and it's coffee. Yeah, and it's coffee tastes a bit like picnics, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, should we get into the the biggest news this week? Absolutely. What's been going on? Okay. Well, there was a video that I saw during the week of a Super League player. Who, I won't even name. Oh no, I can name him because you know we'll we'll we've got some more information on that. Joe Westerman. Oh, he Joe. Played, yeah. How is Joe? He's going all right. You know? he's, doing, he's doing good plug it away. Yeah, he's got his finger on the pulse, you know. As you do. Yeah. Uh anyway, on this video of of, of Joe, um something Hang on. Was it uh, was it a powerful hit up? No. No. A big hit? Although, well, I, I think he was trying to hit the gap, that's for sure. Big um, score. He's he's going for he was aiming for the hole. Um <laughs> Anyway, on this video of Joe Westerman, it's somebody walking down a street in, in sunny, beautiful Carsford at night, and they basically come around the corner, and it's a video of Joe Westerman. Look, go onto social media, go onto Twitter, and put in Joe Westerman video, and you'll find out what the video is. Yeah. How would you put it delicately? Um, he was... Can, he I, can, was I, can I say? I was gonna well look, I was gonna say he was kind of like doing what a cat does. A cat. You know, when a cat's cleaning itself. But he wasn't doing it to himself. You know, would, you, you, when it comes to those hard to reach places. Yeah, I'm trying to like when the tactful way to say it. He was eating some chick's asshole out in an alleyway. As as you do. Yeah. I mean, here in Melbourne we get like you know, savlakis in the in the alleyways. Can't be and worse than a fucking English kebab, can it? It'd be hard to tell the difference. It's <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> oh, a rough one. And uh, anyway, so while he was he was coming up with his own, it's called independent thinking. He thought it was an independent idea. It's already been done. It's called the human centipede. Mm. Well, while he was doing that. Um, Turns out his wife was at home. Yeah, that's that's not a good start. No, no. Um, and his wife talked to the uh, who was it, the son, about it. I mean, look as you would. Now, Lauren Westman. Uh, she saw the graphic seven-second clip uh, filmed in the dark alleyway behind a Greg's. Do you know what Greg's sells over there? Um, yeah, it's a um, bakery. Ah. Oh. There you go. Yeah, pastries. Yeah, well, the... Uh, Croissants look. and the like. <laughs> <laughs> she saw the video. She said that uh, she told the son that people used to look up to him, but not anymore. I know the girl that was in the video was looking down at the ground, but anyway. Mm. Um, 
in his exclusive interview with the son, the mum of three told how his almighty fall for grace and her living nightmare began after the player went on an extraordinary 15-hour booze binge on the weekend. I've drank for 15 hours. I've never had my tongue end up up some chick's ass. I got to tell you. Yeah, it's. Uh... They just had to ask nicely, but <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's. I think he called it a. I need to work on my decision making when drunk. I'm going. Hmm. I'm pretty sure every human does. Yeah. But it's not. Don't blame the alcohol. That's a. That's a. That's a poor excuse. Some you've, quotes. You've got no, a wife. Hmm. And I believe he's a father. Yes, a father of two. Yeah. yeah. And he's not a he's not an old man. So why the fuck are you out getting shit faced when you've got a young family at home? It's uh look, it's I can understand getting shit faced. It's the whole, you know eating the ass of some random chick you met during well, the night. That too, but I mean, you know it's everything about what this bloke has done yes. is fucking stupid. Yes. Whether he's a football star or not, yes, you know, have a bit of bloody respect for your family. It shows that he's got none for them if he's willing to do that just on the piss with some random. Uh, um, his lovely wife said, I've relived that footage over and over again. It's something I'll never be able to get out of my mind no matter how hard I try. There are absolutely no excuses for what he's done, not just to me, but to our children and wider family. Mm. Everything between us was fine. He FaceTimed me at 4 p.m. on Saturday while he was out and then texted me at 2.30 a.m. to say he couldn't get in the house because he didn't have his house keys. I was staying overnight at my mum's house and he texted me the next morning to say how rough he felt. But that was it. There was no inkling of what was to come. Later that night, Joe was at our neighbour's house and said, I need to talk to you. His face just dropped. Hang on. And yeah, he said, I need his face just dropped and he looked different to me. He said, I've done something last night. I've been videoed with a girl with my pants down. I asked to see the video and he said he didn't have it, but that it was on Twitter. I went on Twitter and saw it and it had been deleted loads and loads of time, but about half an hour later it was posted again and that's when I saw it. I just felt physically sick. So it's been very traumatic for his wife and family, which sucks. Yeah, all jokes aside, that's the worst way to find out about something like that. Yeah. And that would genuinely be traumatising when you've got no inkling whatsoever that this is what this sort of person does. And if he's done it once there and been caught, he's probably done it other times before. Yeah. Not saying he has, but, you know, you can't rule it out. And to be honest... Um, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, and look, he—he, he, uh, I think his wife come out because the main thing she wanted to let people know is that it wasn't her, you know, well, yeah. which is understandable. Um, yeah, absolute fucking moron. Yeah, and clearly she's she's too good for him. Yes, um, Castleford's going to investigate the matter. And uh, we'll see what happens. But a good way to start the Super League season, Joe. Yeah. Well, it doesn't seem like there's much to investigate here. 
No, I love it when there's like something that's on video and they say, well, we're going to investigate it. And it's like, that should take 30 seconds. The video goes for like seven seconds. Yeah. You know, there's not I mean, much he, to investigate. He's admitted to it. Yes. So there's no, there's no investigation left to do anymore. Exactly. Just, you know, hand him a fine, hand him a suspension and hand him a toothbrush. Yeah. Um, so question. Yes. How long should he be suspended for? Well, that's a really good question. I don't know. I really it's, don't know. I, I'm going to use this as a segue because Josh Maguire was found guilty of using unacceptable language and it was discrimination towards disabled people in a trial match on the weekend. I bet, I, he, know, I, bet I know exactly what he said. And he got suspended for seven games. Okay. I, I have not... I've not been able to find what he said, but um, seven games for discrimination is mm. that's that's pretty massive. Did they give that many games to um, oh, what's that? You know that fullback that keeps on saying homophobic stuff over in the UK? No. There's this one fullback. He keeps doing it over and over again, and I'm sure they didn't give him seven games for it. Oh, okay. um, Yeah, look, it's a tough one. Uh, Somebody at the club is literally going to have to sit down and ask that question. How much suspension and fine do you give for a video of, you know, eating some dirty slapper's ass in in a back alley? It's a – I don't know. Is there a precedent? I think I don't. I don't know. Like, if unacceptable language gets you seven weeks, yes, that's our starting point. Yeah, because he's brought the game into disrepute. He's clubbing the disrepute. His family, obviously, himself. Mm-hmm. This this goes above and beyond unacceptable language. Yeah, it's it's really but, left a a bit of taste in everyone's mouth. <laughs> um, I I think. <laughs> I think the only option that's available for the club there is to sack him. You reckon you'd sack him? I probably would because over there, it is so hard to build a support base. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year, I think they're going to—they're finally getting a bit of genuine media traction, and this is not helping. And you I would... think mm-hmm. they need to go. You know what? Here's an opportunity to just go. Bam! We will not accept this shit and try and make. Yeah, that their game is going to be family friendly and they're going to not have that thing on there because they need to, they don't need just eyeballs on the game. They need to start getting kids back into the game because A, they're future viewers if they can't make it as players and you need to have that rolling on at the moment. The people are just, the crowd's dropping off is because a lot of young people aren't tuning into it anymore. They've got to get the kids back to it. And the best way to get the kids back to it is to make it something that mums would be happy for them to watch and does be happy for them to watch. And if that sort of crap's going on, you're going to completely lose those people altogether. And it makes this whole thing pointless. You would kick him out of the jungle. Yeah. He can go play rugby union in France or something. Okay. Look, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I'll put put it to you this way. Okay. Would Castleford get 
Newcastle would be able to continue playing and survive without him there. Is his yes. loss going to hurt them hard? No, no. So for me, it's an easy it's an easy out for him. Cut him loose. Your club gets to have um, a strong reputation remaining intact because they show that they're not going to tolerate that garbage, mm-hmm. and it sends a pretty strong message to the rest of the players in Super League. Don't be out doing this shit, otherwise you're going to be out of your job. Yeah, if you're going to do that stuff, do it behind closed doors. Exactly right. Don't be doing it out in the fucking alleyway. <laughs> alleyway. How stupid is that? You just met. It's probably a bad idea. <sighs> now, there was another um, another off-field incident that was in the news too when it was a, a Broncos player was up in court over an alleged rape incident. Yeah, there's not much has been uh, written about it. They have suppressed the name of that player. Mm. Um, I can tell you that that cause they've been saying it's a star player. It's a well-known player. It's not. No. Um, so um, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, I, I I think it's fair to say that the person is probably more described as a, a reserve grader at, at best. Yeah. Uh, that's that's pretty fair. Yeah, um, a depth player. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's my take on it as well. Um, not much else as far as off-field garbage is concerned. I'm I'm glad to say that we've covered all of that and got it out of the way. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess speaking of shit eaters, uh, St Helens. Look like they will have to play in very hot conditions on the weekend. Against... 18 degrees? No, a little bit higher than that. 18.5? My guess is it will be in the high 20s to low 30s at kickoff. Fahrenheit? No. Celsius. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. And they actually moved kickoff back to help because this fucking team who whinged non-stop they they now they need kickoff times and extra drinks breaks and all this shit it's like how many fucking more things do these whingers need um and so yeah when they get absolutely unmercifully smashed on the weekend they're going to be really hot when it happens hey isn't there isn't there a a women's game on before uh to be honest i don't know Penrith doesn't have a women's team no, but I thought there was a, a a women's game was going to be played before it. Yeah. I don't know where I saw that. So the women are going to be playing in the heat, and they've not complained. No. There were, and there they're were being paid a lot games. less than the St. Helens players. Look, there were trial games on the weekend that were played at Penrith Football Stadium, and they played through the daytime, like through the afternoon in the heat. Hmm. Ah, boy. Oh, no. Ridiculous. It's a good thing they don't play in the summer over... Oh. Well, yeah. look, I'm just happy that we're going to get this game out of the way, right? And we never have to hear about this hobby team again because it's just been nonstop fucking whinging from this town. Like, you wouldn't be able to find it on a map. You know, it's just it's just a town in the middle of fucking nowhere. It's basically, like first, it's basically an alleyway. 
It's yeah, it's like Joe Westerman could find it. Let me put it that way. But uh, yeah, it'll be great to get these bludgers gone and out of the way, and you won't have to hear anyone saying, "Oh, watch this guy." He's so good. He's going to be a superstar of the future. It's like, what do you mean? The guy that's like a couple of years younger than Nathan Cleary that's not done anything? Cool. Um, which like St. If, Helens if player are you most excited it, to watch? Which player am I most excited to watch from St. Helens? Yeah. None of them. <laughs> I, just, I think it's a disgrace that Penrith have to play a team that it wouldn't make the finals in the New South Wales or Queensland Cup. To prove what? That we're the best team in the world? We're the best team in the world when we beat the Parramatta Eels. It's ridiculous. Yes. Um, What are we we proving? We we smashed this, you know, hobby team. Then what? Do the angels come out the sky and put a crown on our head? No, we got that, you know, last October when we absolutely annihilated the Parramatta Eels. We don't need this game. I would much rather be playing a decent NRL quality opposition and it be some sort of, you know, addition to our pre-season preparation. This does nothing for us. St. Helens must be confident because it appears that they've only named 16 players for this game. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're probably playing mind games, you know. That's what it is. Um, Shall we go through the, uh, the St. Helens side? Yeah, go for it. And you can give us a rating out of 10 on how good you think they are. Don't do that. 10 being awesome and 1 being not. No, no, let's not do that because that will be... uh, I'll give you some thoughts on key players. How about that? All right. I've got a feeling I'll just be reading out a team list. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, At fullback, Jack Wellsby. If I wanted a poor man's version of Danny Maguire who weighed about 30 kilos more and had done way, way less. I would want to watch this guy play. Uh, on the wing, we've got Jonathan Benison and Tommy Mackinson. Both about as good as each other. They would... Uh, hey, is Mackinson the one that was the golden, blue, golden boot winner yeah, one year? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Oh, mate, how is, Brian, how is Brian Tuo going to contain him? Exactly. Fucking local A-grade quality player. Um, in the centres, Mark Percival and Will Hopawati. Will Hopawati is a big-time player in Super League. Hmm. Um, I mean, he's, he's the halves, which is a threat for you. Five-eighth, Johnny Lomax and halfback, Lewis Dodd. I'm still waiting for Johnny Lomax to do something, hey? How old is Johnny Lomax now? He's only 23. Isn't he, isn't he the same age as um, Matt Moylan? <laughs> he's only 23, isn't he? It's like, just, just, just watch Johnny Lomax. Oh, he's such a good play. Just watch. Just watch. I'm watching. I've been watching for a long time. He's, uh, he's 32 years old. 32. <laughs> they act like he's fucking 22. Yeah. How long is he? You watch him. You watch Johnny Lomax. This fucking guy would have been the oldest guy in the Panthers squad last year by two years. Yes. He's never done anything. <laughs> Uh, Lewis Dodds taking on Nathan Cleary. He should handle him pretty easily, shouldn't he? Oh, you'd think so. Yeah. Um, hooker, James Roby and captain. Old as dirt. 
Um, props are Alex Wormsley and Matty Lees. Yeah, they're great players. Uh, back row, Sione Mataudia and Curtis Sirenen. Yeah, well, there you go. New South Wales Cup quality players, aye. And at lock is Morgan Knowles. Yeah, fucking next. <laughs> On the bench, Joey Lussick, Ignatius Parsi and Louis McCarthy Scarsbrook. He's about 30 fucking nine. Like, this team should not be on the same field with the Penrith Panthers. It's ridiculous. Most of them would be old enough to be the the, uh, the Panthers' dads. Well, did you see the picture of uh, fucking James Roby standing next to uh, Nathan Cleary as no. a promo? And, like, no. fucking James Roby is about twice as old as Nathan Cleary. <laughs> you know? So it's just a silly game that we have to play to get out the way for not anybody in this part of the world, not anybody outside of Northern England. We play this game literally for Northern England to have their ego stroked for five minutes before they start getting thrashed. And then they say things like, oh, it's a referee and we're just a bit unlucky and, oh, we're getting better and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, no, shut up. It's just a waste of everyone's fucking time. Jason Roby is almost um, in the middle age-wise between Nathan Cleary and Ivan Cleary. There you go. (laughs) He's 37. Ivan's 51. James Roby. And they keep saying, you know what? He's played 500 games. It's like, yeah, if I was playing against a bunch of Poms, I'd be able to play 500 games too. It's like their trial scoring records. It's like our top try scorer of all time has scored two. What is it, 212? Yeah. Right? 212. No one's getting near it, you know? No one's got near it for decades and decades and decades. Their top try scorer is 700 and something tries. I think it's 756 tries or something, their top try scorer of all time. And it's an Australian. Yeah. And you know why he's got that many? Because he was being marked by Poms. <laughs> Yeah, 757 tries, and he played for 23 seasons all up, including in Australia. It's easy. <laughs> it's fucking easy. <laughs> Just a walk in the park. Yeah. They keep saying that these fucking old guys, oh, he's like Cameron Smith. It's like, no, he is not like Cameron Smith. <laughs> it's like saying some fucking bush, some guy that's 53 and playing bush footy. Because he's played for fucking 30 years. It's like Cameron Smith. It's like, no, Cameron Smith did it at the highest level. How about everyone just shuts the fuck up about that shit? And calms down a little bit. Yeah. They did get a bit carried away. Oh, don't they just? <laughs> Ask a pom how good they are. Oh, they've already told you. Um, should we go through the Panther side? Yeah, let's go through the world champion side. Okay. Stephen Crichton's at fullback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where's, um, where's Edwards? Uh, there's a couple of players I have that will be available for round one for the games that uh, actually matter. Right. And he's okay. one of them. Uh, wingers, Brian To and Talon Ma'e. Yep. Uh, centres, Isaac Targo and Sunia Taruva. This Taruva is looking like an absolute fucking weapon. He played well in the World Cup. Uh, had a couple of games last year too. Uh, mm. Very well liked in the Panthers squad. Um he, he's not the biggest dude in the world, but you can see he's got the footwork and he, he's a very lively player. Yeah. Um, 
I think he's going to be a and he'll just come straight in for Crichton when he heads off. Yeah. Um, Luai and Cleary in the halves. Uh, in the front row, Leota and James Fisher Harris with Mitch Kenny at hooker. Mm-hmm. I actually thought they might have gone with um. Oh, what's that? Um, who's that other young hooker they're going to have? Lou. Liu, I think his name Luke. is. Luke, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they might have gone with him just to give him a bit of a run because I reckon he's he's pretty lively. Kenny's I, I, more of a, like, rock-solid sort of guy. He's not going to be pulling fancy moves out of his ass or anything like that. True. Um, but Luke does have some pretty freakish attacking plays in him. Yeah, I look... I thought the same thing. Keep in mind, they're playing a nothing team. So I think that we'll see probably Kenny start during the season, kind of like what they did in the grand final. Kenny started. Um, yeah. And and then uh, Happy come off the, off the bench. Yeah, I think that they'll do that this year. Kenny is a big dude. He's, he's a good defender. Um, he's not going to make breaks for you or anything, but he gets the job done. Yeah, he, he gives solid service. Yeah, yeah. Um, Leota and Fisher Harris, just powerful front row that, and very agile. Mm-hmm. Um, Garner and Zach Hosking in the back row, and Yo at lock. They, they're gonna, they've got size, they've got mobility, they've and got footwork at the line. My the, yeah, it's that's it's crazy. Um, on the bench, Jack Cogger, Matt Eisenhuth, Spencer Lenew, and Jamin Salmon. Yeah, and they've got they've for this game I believe there are they can use twenty players, something like that, because they need to relax the rules for the these bunch of hillbillies um that are from St Helens. So it'll be interesting to see what the extended bench is. Twenty five it doesn't really make it an official game then. Well, that's what I thought. Hang on, was it twenty players at eighteen? Uh let me look on the NRL website. Because uh, they put out the list of uh, World Club Challenge returns. They put out a list of the changed rules um, during the week. And I, I looked at it and thought, this is ridiculous, you know. This sounds like when an AFL player decides to try and be a boxer for a week and they have to change all the rules because they, the, um, <laughs> they don't have the ability to go the full round. because Yeah, they're... it's like four two-minute rounds. <laughs> <laughs> I'll only do it if we can have 16 35-second rounds. <laughs> I, can't, I can't find the rules of winning place. But, yeah, they're, they're allowed to have an extended bench and they've got – they're allowed 10 interchanges. That's definitely one that they're allowed to have. They're allowed to have uh, extra trainers on the field because, you know, that's what we all want to see at a, at a football game. Yes. Um, so, yeah. It's, it, it, as you say, it's not an official NRL game. It's not an official rugby league game. Um, um, well, the English will think it's official. Uh, they'll think it's official no matter what. So uh, it's just silly, just a waste of a waste of a good team's time. Yeah. Now the um the preseason challenge. Mm-hmm. It actually includes St Helens. Yeah, they're part of it. Yeah, so we've got eighteen teams. Um, did, you, did you watch them against um the real Saints? Um, no. I do have a question, though. Because the Dragons lost to the Saints, does that mean that the Dragons get relegated to Super League? Imagine that. Dragons. <laughs> well, first of all, it was the Dragons' reserve-grade team with a couple of first-graders, right? Yeah. And they were putrid. 
there's no way around it. They were absolutely putrid. Um, in you know, it, but it wasn't their first grade team. Uh, the Dragons at at full strength, and you know, we've talked about the Dragons this year. If they're going to win the wooden spoon, they would walk in Super League. So, yeah. I think what we've seen so far is a lot of Team 2 we've got very little hope on have been proving why so far in the uh, the preseason thing. Yeah. Um, the Roosters are on top of the ladder with Manly, both on 15 points after one game. Mm-hmm. What a system. Um, the Warriors, Bulldogs, Sharks and St. Helens are next all on 14 points. Penrith are on 13 points. Broncos, Titans, and Dolphins are on seven points. The Cowboys on six points. In 12th place is the Melbourne Storm on two points. The Rabbitohs and Knights are on one point. Eels are on zero points. Dragons on zero points. Raiders are on zero points. And the new era, West Tigers, are still last. (laughs) You just got to let them get some traction, though. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Tim Sheens has come out and defended them, saying, oh, it was a bunch of young blokes and... um, there wasn't many first graders in the side and excuses galore. And as I've said in the last one, it wasn't about who's in the side. It's the fact that what they're being taught at training, everybody defensively looks very similar to last year. And that's what the worry is. Like if you've changed the defensive structure, we should see it on the field. It doesn't matter who wins or loses. You should see some change improvement there, and there was none. It was well, exactly I, the same as last year. I tell you what, I watched the Panthers versus Parramatta Eels. I watched a lot of the trials, actually. But I watched the Parramatta Eels versus the Penrith Panthers, and the Panthers played two New South Wales Cup teams back-to-back, right? Mm-hmm. So they kind of spread their, their talent across two games that were reserve-grade quality teams. And the Panthers uh, team that played the Eels... Their defensive structure was fantastic. Their attacking structure was fantastic. And there were very, very, very few first graders in there. I think Eisenhuth was one of the first graders that played for them. Um, ah, There wasn't very many. I'm trying to think of another first grader that might have played for them. I can't think of anyone else. I'll just go um, and have a look. Because um... it, was, it was kind of shocking the how... Well put together, they looked against the Eels. The Eels had a few more first graders in their side, but they were also resting a lot of first graders themselves. Um, but you've got to have that structure. You've got to have through your club that continuity of structure so that when players go up and down through the grades, they're not coming into a completely new system. Yeah, nor are they overwhelmed either. They just go straight in and keep doing what they've always done. Yeah, yeah. So... And I've said this before. The one thing that you want to see in the pre the preseason matches like this, it's not so much about wins or losses. You just don't want to get absolutely smashed, and that's yeah. the problem that the West Tigers got absolutely smashed. That's right. Yeah. Now there's only Eisenhuth and Jamin Salmon, really. Um, Pretty that much. Were yeah. Basically, regular oh. first graders in there. Um, Parramatta. Jacob Arthur, um, Ogden, Josh Hodgson was there, Sean Lane, Ryan Madison, and Mitch Rain on the bench. You and know. look, people, people were bagging Hodgson, and you know what I think about Hodgson. Mm. And, but it's 
it's the preseason. This guy hasn't played for like just about a year. And you just want to see them get some kilometers into their legs, get a run, don't get smashed. Parramatta did that. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't anything out of that game that was genuinely concerning. Like most of that spine will not be together at any point in time this year. That game, look, put it this way, that game didn't tell me anything about the Panthers' first grade squad either. It was just a, it was a run for their reserve grade players, and that's fine. That's what yeah. these games are for. That's right. Um, now, with, we, we did touch on the West Tigers. I think yep. people tune in for the West Tigers news because, you know, there's not enough podcasts out there but that talk about the West Tigers. Proud club. They want to hear about them, yeah. yeah apparently. Um, they've announced one captain. Well, that's Break, good. Breaking tradition. That's good. Um, Appy Corusau was named captain, and it came to mixed a mixed response. So there's still some people still bitter over him taking the piss out of the Tigers during the Panthers grand final celebrations last year. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't impressed when he said that. Just mm-hmm. thinking, you know, while I agree and I made a similar joke, I'm not being paid by the West Tigers to be playing for them next year. You've got to show a little bit of bloody respect there given yes. that you're going to be a new employer. If you weren't going to the club, fucking wail on them. <laughs> yeah. You know, just seems the smart thing to do. Um, so there's people still bitter over that. I think it's probably not a bad idea because um, the only other person who they've got that would be the potential captain would be Adam Dewey. And I think um, leadership is not something you just get handed I think there's a lot of other jobs involved with it, and I think Coruscant is the best person for the job. I'd be inclined, though, to make sure that he's working with Dewey mm-hmm. on teaching about some of the on-field leadership stuff you need to do because um, I think Dewey's going to be the the captain of the club leading, moving forward. He's Apparently, he's already in talks with the club to sign a long de- long-term deal with them. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Obviously, the club sees him as the future captain as well. So that would be the smart thing to do there. Um, but to me, it, it seems like the one of the few sensible things they've done so far, the club. Yeah, it, it, it's hard to see any other decision they really could have made. Um, I think that they could have made worse decisions. Uh, I understand all of the stuff about, you know, being pissed off about what he said after the grand final. I, I completely understand all of that. Um, but it's, you know, it's where the West Tigers have chosen to put themselves. And it's way better than if they had have named five different captains. I hate it when a team does that. Yeah, yeah. It's, and then they call it, you know, leadership group. You know, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's what spammy. you have when you don't have a leader. Yeah, that's exactly right. You go, spare me. Yeah, you know. and... It, it, I guess, like, when I think about the way that captaincy works, it's hard to have somebody that's a forward that's captain because they're going to leave the field at some point. Yeah. Um. So I don't mind it when you've got two captains, but there's always there's always somebody that everyone looks to when a decision has to be made in the field, and that's your captain. That's and, right. You know, that that's what it comes down to. No, I fully agree, and I think the the club's made the right the right move there. I know that I'm pretty sure it's the Leeds Rhinos have decided to not have any captains this year. 
that's that's novel. Yeah, it's bold. It's a, a new strategy by their coach. And, uh, I mean, that sends a great message to the to the entire player squad. None of you are good enough to lead this club. No one, absolutely no one. Not one of you. You know, when it's funny when I think about the World Club Challenge. You know what I wish Penrith had done was named just like a squad of players alphabetically, just to piss off the bombs. <laughs> Name them alphabetically and then make all of them captain. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> <laughs> and then every time there's a decision to be made, all the Panthers players come on the field to talk to the referee. <laughs> now, look, I, I think people probably know what I think about the World Club Challenge at this point, but what do you think about the actual game itself? What do you think we will see? Um, I think the first half will be close. And mainly because that's what Penrith does. They don't play all their they don't play all their hand in the first half. And that's that's not to say that they can't run away with a, a lead in the first half. Mm-hmm. But if they do, it's because they're playing um a simple structured style of footy, so they wouldn't be throwing it around a huge amount. Whereas St Helens um they will be throwing the ball around a bit. They will be trying to play a lot more open. Um so you'll probably find that the Panthers' defence will be playing a very, very tight 10-metre rule. I wouldn't be surprised if they get penalised a few times for being, you know, inside the 10. And that's only to shut down that second-phase play because that's pretty much what St Helens relies heavily on. And it won't take long for the Panthers to get their groove in that area defensively and start shutting that down. Uh, and once they get shut down... much directly through their front row forwards. That's as far as playing against an NRL team goes, that is their only genuine strength is their props and their hooker. They don't have a huge amount of strength outside of that as far as competing against this Panthers defense. And that's not to say that they're going to make huge inroads, but that's going to be the only place they're going to make any impression whatsoever. And I don't think it's going to be much. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers just they they try and find their groove defensively in the first half, and they will find it. And then I'd be surprised if St Helens scores any points in the first thirty minutes of the second half. If they do score, it's because Penrith have got out to a strong enough lead and they've relaxed. But yeah, that's not Pen- what Penrith does anyway. Yeah, and look, it's. If Pen if Penrith allows St Helens to score one point, I I think it'll be disappointing. Um, I think it, look, I think St Helens will score points. I don't think they're going to score much more than a dozen, um, which is basically just two converted tries. I'd be surprised if they get that far, um, but that'd be the maximum that they would score, and it's only going to be through chance in their arm because that's what they'll be doing a fair bit of, um, and just you know. The Panthers possibly getting, as I said, getting penalised a bit too often for just jumping the gun a little bit defensively because they'll be wanting to shut that second phase play down. Because that's basically the most of what St Helens will have to threaten the Panthers with. I think that it'll be interesting to see the mindset Penrith will come out with because it's their first grade team's first game since the grand final. And, um, you know, that they... Look, if they go out and they play average, they'll win by an all right margin, you know. 
it'll be interesting to see if they come out and they decide to do even a percentage of what they did to Parramatta in the grand final. Because if they do that, it could be like a cricket score. Yeah. I, like I if, reckon they'll play mostly conservative, just mostly because of the heat. Um, yeah, but keep, the, keep in mind, though, like if you had an opponent that was horrified by how hot it will be and it's going to be terribly hot, yeah. do you want to ease up and on yourself or do you just want to put your foot on their throat and just make them make the, think, make the, it the, their complete nightmare, you know? I think what they'll probably want to do is let them run a bit in the first half which will gas the Saints a lot. Running in that heat, that, that'll that'll punish them, and they won't recover. And then they'll squash them in the second half. I think the, the Panthers are going to run away with it, and it'll be on the back of ridiculously brilliant defence in the second half. I, I don't see what, what St. Helens... Like if we're talking about St. Helens playing against another Super League team, we could go through all the different ways the Saints attack will pull them apart. Mm. But... St. This St. Helens side has never come up against a defence that works this way because no Super League club and barely any NRL club functions this way. Yeah, so like if I mean we've talked about how do you how do NRL clubs break down this Panthers defence, and the best we've come up with is you maybe try and play a bit of second phase play and get them before they they can reset to defend that second phase play, which they do brilliantly. Um, Probably also a reason why the Panthers have named um, a back row pairing of two guys who could, and especially in the in the likes of Ghana, have mm. played in the centres very recently. Yeah, so they've got that agility to be able to rush up out of the line and get back on side pretty quickly, which is going to make it hard for second phase play to be effective. Very, you know, very often. They might get by one or two times just on the back of, you know, set restarts or something like that for the Panthers being offside. But that's going to be bad, and it won't happen often. And the thing, too, is that these these players have been training in these conditions for all summer. Um, the Panthers' training is ridiculous. I, I heard a story about the Panthers' um, lower-grade players, and they have... Uh, training sessions regularly, like weekly, where they go into a hot sauna room, basically, and the whole room is made really hot and humid. And then they have to put in, you know, those uh, mouth things that make you breathing so you can't breathe in fully, the O2 oh, yeah, things, yeah. right? They go into the, the uh, hot training room. They have to put in one of those mouth things and then do a full training session in those conditions. And that's just what they normally do. That's not to mention training over summer. It's been really hot in Western Sydney this summer. Um, so I, the the heat isn't going to be a problem for them, I don't think. Um, it's, you know, outside of what it would normally take a toll on a player. Um, I think that they're just... I think what we're going to see is St. Helens basically try to go side to side because they haven't seen a defence like this ever and Penrith will just let them. And then Cleary's kicking game is going to turn them around the entire time. And, and I think that, especially towards the end of the game, like, you're going to see St. Helens players cramping up. You're going to see, I think, like, 
it, this is the worst team to play in hot weather. It's the worst team to play normally. You know, we've talked about how rotten it must be to play against Penrith. What happens when Toto's running the ball back at them, you know, in the 70th minute? It's it's going to be really rough for these. You know, that's the thing that's going to stress them out the most is how do they handle Toto even in the first minute? Because mm. he will run, I mean, what he does is he lines up, unlike most players when they're doing kick returns, they line up the gap between two defenders. Mm-hmm. He lines up the closest defender. So the nearest defender thinks, well, he's going to run, he's going to step towards the gap, but he doesn't. He runs straight at the defender. So the defender plants themselves and stands still. And I've said this many times before. As soon as you stand still and you've got a bloke who's 100 kilos running at you at full pace, he may as well be a fucking Mack truck. He's just going to run through you. Mm. And Tuo knows that. And so that's what he does. Boom. And his leg drive is fantastic. And, oh, it's insane. You know, straight away they're on the front foot for their set of six. And they normally have somebody behind him uh, that's going for a quick play the ball. and. Yeah, look, I, I just think that I'd be disappointed if Penrith scored anything less than 40. I think best-case scenario, they win 40 nil, right? And I'm not just saying that. I, I, I honestly mean that. Best-case scenario for St. Helens, I mean, they win 40 nil. Worst-case scenario, I think that we will be looking at 60-70. Mm. I really do. You think of all of the heat. They're playing yeah. away from home. They don't like travelling. They don't even like travelling to France. It's yeah. It's going to be. I'm I'm trying to be as respectful as possible because I'm I'm not genuinely certain how it'll go. I think a lot of times in the last year we've seen Penrith just cruise and just do enough to win. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that they generally will want to win this because it's something they haven't won before. And there was so, a lot of shit talked by this hobby club too. And I just, yeah. I, I wonder if they come out like they did in the grand final, I, I just, I don't even know what the score could be. Like if somebody said they're going to, they, they have been pissed off about this game for a long time and expect what we saw in the grand final. It, like they could score anything. Nothing would shock me. Yeah. In 40 degree heat. That's right. It's it just seems that the um the heat is going to be a very big factor and I think it's gonna be a very big factor in the second half. That's why I think I wouldn't be surprised if Saints are within within touch uh at half time, but that second half will be too much for them. Yeah. And I like it's I was gonna put a thousand bucks on Penrith, eh? <laughs> I'm not even joking. I was gonna put a thousand bucks on them. And I would have only won 90 back. Like, it wouldn't have even been worth setting up a betting account to do it. That's the only reason I didn't do it. Take all your Ponzi coin out and pop it all on the Panthers, and the return you get will still be better than if you sold your Ponzi coin. It's, it's interesting you say that, Andrew, because I made a return on my Ponzi coin this week. No way. You I'm back in the stuff. game. I'm back in the game. Back in the game. Bought. I bought quite a lot of it. Oh, dear. Yeah. Went down a little bit the first couple of days. I was like, it's all right. This is long term. Went up by 10% today. Oh, sold? 10%. No, it's still there. It's still there. It's still there. I could sell it right now. I could sell it right now for you. It's it's probably going down again. 
don't don't be pessimistic. That's just how Ponzi coin works. I've been so positive about St. Helens in this episode, and you're being pessimistic about my Ponzi coin. How dare you? Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh dear, I could I could just do a Google search and just type in you know like bitcoins and and cryptocurrencies. How's it going? It goes. Oh, there's been a crashing on. Oh, just keep that one quiet. <laughs> What do you reckon it's going to be like for a 38-year-old who's played 500 Super League games to be playing while it's 36 degrees at 7 p.m. at night in Penrith? Do you reckon he's going to enjoy it? No. 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 What about um, Tubbs there at fullback? He's not going to enjoy it about the 60th minute when he's had to fucking chase about a million of fucking Nathan Cleary's kicks. Oh, man. Do you reckon that his positional... His his defensive positioning is really good, like every other English fullback. Um, it's it's good enough for the English game where mm-hmm. a lot of the times the kicks don't tend to find the grass, and if they do, they're short. So the fullback can stand too deep and just run forward and pick it up and keep keep the momentum going forward. Um, yeah. It's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to it, huh? I think the thing that's going to be different in this game is you'll probably find that Cleary and Lua will do a very similar number of kicking. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked because we, we remember, um, like, Luai is obviously Parramatta's daddy, but he was definitely England's daddy. Like, mm-hmm. he, he absolutely owned England in that semi final. So yeah. he's going to be like, he's just going to want to just tear him apart again. Oh yeah, and he was—he's going to bring that form with him. Yeah. Um, and without having to do as much work offensively, uh, he's going to be a massive threat. I think yeah. he's probably going to be one of the best players on the field. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if he was the man of the match. Mm. Although, I could also see where one of the outside backs scores like four tries or something, and he gets it too. Although I'm going for Lugana to get it, just so I can say West Tigers player got man of the match in the. Uh... <laughs> For the world's best team. If he does that, I will. I will let you just dine out on it. <laughs> you can. <laughs> you can something. have that. I'll let got, you have it. I've got to have something. I wouldn't be shocked if he goes to the centres, hey. If he starts in the centres and they they start with a, another big forward up front, maybe move Mav Guyer into the starting side or something like that, or yeah. Eisenhuth or someone like that, and just pound the crap out of this, you know hobby teams forward pack for the first 20 minutes, just make them work and then, you know, just switch it up a little bit and start moving them around after that. Take them to the deep water, drown them. That'd be interesting. Mm. Take them to deep water and then just dump them at Penrith Station. I just think it's going to be interesting to see if they, the big thing I want to see, are they going to come out and just, just go through the motions or are they going to come out and we're like, oh shit. They're going to do this to someone again, you know, because there's not many teams that you really get to see that have that ability to, that, you know, that it's something different in a game for them. Like you see it with in State of Origin a lot. Um, you don't see it at NRL level too often. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you one question, though. Yeah. Playing devil's advocate. Okay. Kind of. Okay. What if St. Helens wins? They just won't. 
the what like, if okay, we're talking just, we're talking pure hypothetical what if if they win mm. like what like is it a, it would be the greatest achievement in british rugby league history um it would be bigger than when wigan beat brisbane in the 90s um would you call them based on especially the fact that they've won was it three or four straight Super League titles? Yeah. If they were to beat Penrith, yes. Would you call them the best club side that England's ever produced? <laughs> this St Helens teams that lost the grand final that would whip the shit out of this St Helens team. That's the thing. And we talked about that. Mm. Like they just their achievement would be absolutely mind blowing. It would be uh it'd be one of the greatest achievements in British sporting history, I think. Like you know I'm trying to think it'd be like the Penrith fucking gridiron team beating the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> you know, it's it's like, what would it be like? Yeah, it'd be fucking amazing that they, you know, but how do you put it into context when it's not going to happen? It'd be like Wales reaching the World Cup final. It'd be like <laughs> Wales doing something as a nation. Like, it'd be like a Welsh rugby, it'd be like a Welsh Super League team living for four years. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good one. Yeah. And surviving for the fifth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, no, that's very true. I, just, um, that, I wonder if the, the Pommy play, because you know what Poms are like. They lose and they start playing like thugs, you know. I don't think they're going to be, uh, I don't think they're going to be physically able to do that in the heat. I think they'll be too tired. Yeah, it's it's interesting. What was what was the heat that they uh they struggled with up at uh the Gold Coast all those years ago? It was twenty three point yeah. degrees. This is gonna touch them. Yeah, now let me have a look on my weather app. Uh so Penrith, right? Saturday at let me see. Well Saturday's top temperature in Penrith is gonna be thirty seven degrees. At kickoff is it is it is it six fifty? So it was pushed back fifty minutes. At seven o'clock, it's going to be thirty two degrees. This is the thing: is that the only way you can make it cooler is you have to have a night game, and it's still not going to be cool. But pushing it back to six o'clock, and I assume like down here in Melbourne, because we're a bit further south, our hottest part of the day is around three or four o'clock in the afternoon. I'm sure in Sydney it's it's around one or two. It's it's later, yeah, and in Western Sydney it's later. So mm. it, it is in the mid afternoon. So the top temperature of 37 degrees is going to be at 3 p.m. in Penrith. Yeah, and I'm taking this from the weather app, okay? Yeah. So as, as I said, kickoff's going to be 6:50. It's so not going to it's not going to come out. crashing down that hard because the sun's still up at six o'clock. Yeah, and it's it Western Sydney is very humid as well. It holds the humidity because you've got the basically you've got the mountains traps it in there so yes. at, at 9 p.m right it's still going to be 26 degrees mm. that's the thing. if they haven't so done fun. a kickoff at 8 30 
that's their only chance of surviving the heat because they'll be kicking off in temperatures under 30 degrees and it's getting cooler, which would be the only thing that would save them. Kicking off at six, though, by the time it gets down to a temperature that they'd be able to legitimately handle, the game's over. Well, it, say they kicked off at six, at eight o'clock, it would still be 29 degrees, right? Mm. If they kicked off at eight o'clock and the game is over at, say, 10, it's going to be 25 degrees. Yeah. So, it like, there, there's really no way around the fact that they were going to have to play in very hot temperatures. Um, if it's it's the worst case scenario for them, to be honest. And uh, yeah. I hope they enjoy every single last second of it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know I will. <laughs> I'm going to be sitting in the stands. I'm going to be drinking a, a watered down beer, and I'm just going to enjoy it. I'll be um. I'll be sitting on a train just as the actually just getting off the train as the kickoff happens. So I'll be watching it on my phone to start with. I I might be able to do a podcast afterwards, but I don't know. Hmm. We will see. Yes. Yes. Depending on uh, how dehydrated you get because of the heat. <laughs> just the heat. Just, just the, the heat. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's it's going to be an interesting one. I look. I and. I've been there on those hot days at Penrith Footy Stadium, and man, it is a, it's going to be a slog. Oh, it's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. I'm going to dine out on this forever. Another soul taken. Add it to the list. Yep. Add it to the list. St. Helens. Do you know who St. Helen was? No, who was St. Helen? Well, let me look it up. Let me look it up for you because somebody told me during the uh, the week. Uh, the first Karen. Uh, St. Helen, St. Helena is the patron saint of, and I'm not making this up, okay? St. Helena is the patron saint of difficult man- marriages, divorced people, converts, and archaeologists. <laughs> That last one threw me. Yeah. How about that? (laughs) What the fuck did archaeologists get lumped in with that mob? I know, right? They're like, uh, St. Helena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give her archaeologists as well. Was that because she was digging holes for all of the divorcees that murdered one another or what? I have no idea. That's insane. She was the she was the mother of Constantine the Great. Oh, Constantine around 240 AD. Ah. Uh, in in where in modern day Turkey. How about that? There you go. Hmm. Difficult well, marriages. Is can you believe that there's a saint of difficult marriages? <laughs> Who also covers archaeology? Uh, the, the, sorry, that just gets me. I oh, know it's weird, eh? Um, that that's crazy. Yeah. Um, in a bit of other rugby league news, the Rugby League Players Association and NRL look like they're very, very close to an agreement. There's still a little bit of fuckery going on, but a lot of the terms and conditions have been met. Um, especially yeah, I heard the, that the agreement they made with the women over the pregnancy stuff mm-hmm. has largely been met. Um, and, and agreed to, and the women's salary cap is going to be having a pretty rapid increase 
over the next four years where female players in four years' time, the minimum wage will be 50 grand a year, which is, I mean, that's teetering very close on them being full-time professionals at that stage. Yeah, that worries me, hey? Like, really? It does, yeah. And the only reason it worries me is because the the women's salary cap is going to end up being about $1.5 million. And when you put that across all of the different teams that they're going to add to the competition, it's just a big allocation of funds. And I've said this from day one where I worry that somebody is going to go, you know, it costs us a lot of money, the women's competition, you know, and I don't want that to happen. I think the NRL, will, if they're smart, they'll say to the clubs, we give you a big chunk of money. It's your job to use that money to now cover the women's game as well if you've got mm-hmm. a women's team. Mm-hmm. And the clubs, if they're smart, will not arc up. They'll say, yep, no worries. We'll do that. Not a problem. So long as you look after all the salaries that you're doing, that that's fine by us. All we ask for is that the allocation that you give us increases by the same percentage that the TV rights still increases every year. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. And, and look, I think one of the things that needs to come out of the next broadcasting agreement is that we we do set aside money that the women's game generates for itself for the women's game so that it's not lumped in with everything else because, yeah, it, it's just too easy to, to ride off that way. And, and it, I don't want that to happen. I want it to be able to stand on its own two feet and to not have to justify its existence to any of the bean counters. And, you know, there's plenty of people who will say, oh, you know, that won't happen. That won't happen. It's happened to the World Sevens. It's happened to the World Nines. It's happened to many expansion clubs. Like, it happens over and over again. And I don't want to see it happen to the women's NRL competition. No, they've made a lot of good progress in very short time. So mm-hmm. it's um, something they definitely need to stick with. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, no, no, I thought there was something else on, on the um, dispute between the RPA, but I, I couldn't find it. I think the RLPA wasn't upset that some of the, some more stuff was leaked to the media about their negotiations and how far along they were. And the the RLPA put out a press release that basically said, pump the brakes. Like, you know, it, it wasn't all rosy, but we're getting, we're going in the right direction. Um, I think that it'll all be in place by round one. I really do. Yeah, they really need it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I, I don't know. If, is there anything else we need to chat about? No, I can't think of anything else. Um, it's good that the footy season is close to being back. Yeah, um, which means we better pull our finger out and do a, a preview. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm starting to think about I, – I think I've got a pretty good idea of where I'm situating clubs generally, but I need to do my, my um, ladder still. Um, but I, I, I can feel it's all kind of lining up, you know. Yeah, I've I've not even tried to do that yet. Haven't you? No. I tell no. you what, you know, one thing, the NRL All-Star game was on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And if, it, like you and me talked about this, because we didn't mention it in our last podcast, and then we stopped recording and we're like, oh, the NRL All-Star game, you know. <laughs> it felt like a bit of an afterthought. Um, the game wasn't too bad, but 
when they play the game in quarters, it just it doesn't feel like a rugby league game because there's just no um, no flow to the match. Like yeah, the motor, the momentum stops. Yeah, and I understand why they do it in the All Star game, but still, it just it didn't feel like a real rugby league, rugby league game to me. Um, but it was an all right contest. They played it at a weird stadium that felt like Belmore, so it had one stand, and then the rest of it was just grass hills. Um, but you know, people seem to enjoy it, and uh, it it didn't fill me with any great excitement this year for some reason. Some years it does, but this year it just didn't. Um, but yeah, it, it got played. It, it was won by the Indigenous All Stars. Yeah, so, so Nico Hines was man of the match. Yep, yep. Um, but yeah, it, it. it felt like. I don't know if it was bigger in New Zealand this year because obviously it was played over there, but it, it, I don't know. It just didn't have too much, it felt like, over here. Yeah, I must admit, I don't think the NRL did much effort at all promoting it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah. That, that should be something that we look forward to to some extent and not something we go, oh, yeah, that happened. Yeah. Yeah, and it just it felt like it was it was almost. Remember the last world? Uh, I don't know if they could, they didn't call it World Nines because the rest of the world wasn't invited. The NRL Nines that was in Perth, and it just felt like an afterthought. It, this is this All Star game felt like that. Yeah, it's it seems like it's a, a concept that's fallen away pretty fast, unfortunately, mm. and. I don't think it's one that would be hard to, um, you know, build some more hype around and build it back up again. Mm-hmm. I think, too, the part of the problem was the NRL have been banging on about this pre-season challenge thing a lot more. Yeah. And they spent a lot more effort hyping that up, which to this point still comes across as stupid. Yeah, I don't see anybody that has even slightly seemed to give a fuck about this pre-season challenge. No, it's docile. Yeah. You know, it's an idea that comes directly out of the English Super League. It's some sort of stupid thing they would have come up with. Yeah. Do they? Are they? I know they're given prize money for it. I wonder if they've got a trophy or a shield. Wouldn't that be embarrassing to get that in round one at halftime? It's like, here's the preseason challenge shield. It'd be just fucking embarrassing. <laughs> would be. Well done for two games. I really <laughs> wanted Parramatta to win it. I really, really did. Well, they've still got a chance if they make a shit ton of line breaks and true. What was it? Line breaks and is it offloads? Offloads, something like that. Tries, yeah. line breaks. Actually, they can't. It doesn't matter how many you do. You just got to do at least five and ten of each. So they just need to score. If they could score three wins this weekend, they'll be fine. Who would you name the preseason shield after? Dragons. <laughs> just the dragons in general. <laughs> Oh shit! That's early funny. season favourites, or maybe even the Eels, the Brad Arthur Memorial Shield. Yeah, they're both. They're, they're good early in the season. It leans more, a little more Dragons, but the Eels are pretty close to that shit, aren't they? Oh yeah, they've been pushing it hard for the last few years. Yeah, yeah. The West Tigers are making a run at it. Maybe the Tim Sheens Shield. <laughs> the Tim Sheens Tin Cup. <laughs> Imagine if it was like the Ashes. It was just this tiny little trophy. Oh, that, would that would be, be perfect. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, it's silly, so let's just go with the silliness. 
Or go nuts and just make it look like the Stanley Cup. Just gigantic. <laughs> has to make be... it impossible to lift. Yeah, it has to be brought in on the back of a ute. Yeah, the base is made out of lead. You've got to bring it out on a forklift. That, you know what? That's a good idea. Make it as heavy as possible <laughs> so you can't lift it because if you lift it, it's embarrassing. So we don't let you lift it. That's all right. Mm. And it's, it's got to look horrible. Yeah, and it's sponsored by Kennard's Hire. That's an idea. <laughs> <laughs> There's an idea. That would work. Mm. Here we go. Well, we fix that. Yeah, that's sorted. I, I now want to see who wins it. Yeah, it's very prestigious. It looks like the what are the Roosters and Manly are out in front. It, it, yeah. If Penrith smashes the fucking shit out of St. Helens, which they should, they might end up romping away with it. But you never know. Yeah, it's, it's it's hard to tell. I'm interested to see if the West Tigers can keep their hold on last place. Imagine if they end up scoring no points in the preseason. <laughs> it's looking good. It's looking yeah. Good. Yeah, new era. <laughs> again, again, again. Uh, all right, well, we'll wrap this turkey up, eh? Yeah. Um, now, we're looking for a, a sponsor in 2023. So we're starting to put the feelers out across social media. So if you see us putting the feelers out with tweets or um, Facebook posts or stuff like that, make sure you you share it. And if you know anyone that wants to sponsor the podcast, let us know. They can get in touch with us through the website or they can just contact me directly, uh, podcast at leaguefreak.com. Yeah, easy as that. Mm-hmm. And um, make sure you also check us out on the socials on Twitter and Instagram at Fergo Freak Pod. We're on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. So check us out there as well. And we will catch you very, very shortly um, to talk a very big episode about the season preview and also recap the uh, World Club Challenge. Hooroo!